0: What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Budtender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca, chillin' on a Friday. It is 6.18 p.m., However, it looks like it's fucking 3 p.m. I am enjoying Daylight Savings Time, needless to say. Uh, I am also pretty high. I just finished recording another episode for the show, which went super duper well. Very, very, very excited for that. Even more excited for our show today. I'm sitting with my friend Cole Lawson. She is a private cannabis chef. For hire. She does um, private events. She is also a life coach, which I did not know. She's also a tarot card energy healer, which I'm very very into. I should totally ask her to do that for me. She is just a very grounded person. There are a lot of great tips throughout the episode in regard to cannabis and just life in general i don't want to take too much time frankly is it too soon to ask for summer fridays like i i feel like i'm ready like we're in daylight savings it might as well be summer although the weather in la has not been it has not been very warm i'm not gonna say cold because that's insulting to my east coasters so we're just gonna say it hasn't been as warm i'm ready to log off for the weekend. Very excited for the weekend. I'll tell you guys what I'm up to because I have some exciting plans for once. Uh, I'm going to a drag show drive-in. First of all, I've never been to a drive-in anything in my life. Second of all, I love drag shows. I love drag queens. One of the things that I missed during throughout all of this quarantine has been drag shows. So, this is a big deal. This is a very big deal for me back to the show. Love you guys. TTYL. This episode of That Budtender Podcast is brought to you by Rogue Pack. Rogue Pack is a design-forward brand of cannabis carriers, tools, and accessories for those who value aesthetics and ritual in equal measure. Use the promo code BUDTENDER for a 20% off discount, limit one use per customer. This applies to all products. There's no minimum. It's available to everyone in the US and Canada. Join our pack and raise your ritual. I told myself I could smoke this blunt. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> This is actually our second interview. You were kind enough to do an interview with me, I want to say probably like six, seven, eight, nine months ago. (laughs) Something a while ago before I really had a clear direction of what I wanted to do with the podcast. And so we ended up talking more about spirituality, which I do want to get into with you. But before all of that, I do wanna know more about your history with cannabis. One was the first time you smoked?
1: Um, so my first cannabis experience was in Seattle, Washington. I started smoking cannabis when I lived there. And I guess I really didn't have an opinion about it at the time. When I lived in Los Angeles, I didn't smoke because I played softball and my whole life was consumed around playing softball. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and, and not a lot of my friends smoked weed and but when I moved to Seattle My dad smoked weed, for one. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the kids there smoked weed. And so it was just, it became very interesting. And I was like, oh, what's that? Like, I kind of want to try it. So I remember smoking. And the first time I smoked, I don't think I got really, like, that high. I think I only took, like, one puff because I'm kind of scared. Like, when I got to try a new drug, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Wait a second. So I only took one puff. So, you know, after that, like... I didn't necessarily feel like I had to hide it because of my relationship um, with my dad. He wasn't really around that much for me Mm -hmm. to, like, notice, so it didn't feel like that. But I did feel kind of, like, cool. Like, I (laughs) felt like I was mysterious to other people. (laughs) Yeah. But then the times that I smoked after that, like, I remember one time I did get too high. Or that was my first time experiencing, like, being, like, super high. Mm. I think I was... I wanna say 16, 17 at the time, like 16, 17. And I think I just smoked way too much, it was 420. And you know, I had been smoking for a little bit now with my friends, like taking a little puff here, taking a little puff there, (laughs) you know? So I thought I was cool, I thought I was cool. It was in Seattle. Mm Okay, and these kids smoke smoke. <laughs> and so I'm 4'20", that they introduced me to, like, gas masks and vaporizers and um, oh steam God. rollers and bongs. And mind you, my friends, we was just smoking blunts at the time, like yeah. Swisher Sweets, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and, yeah, so they introduced me to all of that stuff. Like, great, like, cool, like, now that I know what those things are. But I was high as a fucking kite. And I think that's the first moment when I realized it was just, like, alcohol. Like, I have to stay within my tolerance. Mm. Um, Because I was like, yo, like, I don't feel like that all the time, you know, so... It's so funny that you say that because it's like now I'm having a memory
0: of being somewhere in Bushwick in Brooklyn. Someone's cousin's house and maybe I was like 19 or 20. So around the time we're like, yeah, okay, now I've been smoking. And it was one of those situations where there were multiple blends going around in a very small circle. And I remember thinking like, oh, you took too much. It was more so the paranoia, I think, just like. That we live with as females as far as like, oh, how am I going to get home and I need to be safe and like all these, you know, these real thoughts, these like, you know, valid points come into play and you're like, I'm so stoned and I've never been this high before. And then I didn't have another moment of panic like that until... I don't know, I was probably like 26 or 27. And that was here in LA. We were, my girlfriend and I had snuck behind, it's like in Griffith, but kind of like behind Griffith. So like you end up, you have to like climb so that you end up above the Greek theater so that you can see who's playing at the Greek theater for free. But <laughs> but like you kind of have to risk your life to get there. And so we had done that, and we smoked Jack, like a Jack Rare. Jack Rare. Fuck that. (laughs) That was like, oh, this is the panic that everyone talks about. And no wonder so many people don't want to smoke after that situation because this... I thought we were all going to die. I thought we were all going to fall off the mountain. People were, like, frolicking around. I was like, why don't they just sit down? Like, this is so uncomfortable. So you had a pretty uncomfortable experience really early on in that sense, like... Sounds like it was just kind of we'll push forward and be more mindful, which is very self-aware at like 16 to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I just did a little too much.
1: At that time, I felt like I did too much, but I also felt like my ego felt like <laughs> I had to continue to put on a show still. So I didn't really understand what was going on with the plant because I was only smoking recreationally at that time, like mm. for fun, you know, like I, I didn't really understand medicine and plants having medicine and things Mm -hmm. like that you know I was still in that very colonized mindset of like the western medicine system and prescription and going to the doctor and this and that you know Mm -hmm. so what I did learn though in that time is when I did some research I found out about like sativa hybrid indica Mm. That yeah. was the one thing that I started learning. And, like, at the time, like, when we were buying weed then, it was still, like, okay, a dime bag, a dub bag, or right. whatever. Some OG here, you know. Some mm-hmm. other people might be, like, this is some super fire crack or something. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, you might like get a couple little post-time. names. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. like it is now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I remember learning about it, and then I found some, like, a... Uh, one of my homies who was like a dealer and I was able to try two different kinds like Mm -hmm. try an indica and try Mm -hmm. a sativa and that's when I first actually like knew okay like oh sativas make me feel like this Mm -hmm. and indicas make me feel like this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: now I've learned how to master their sativa okay but at that time I realized I was like okay I can't smoke that because that was doing way too much for the level of anxiety that I had in my life in that time because I was going through so many different traumatic transitions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that was like my first introduction, my first like learning without knowing I was learning about cannabis and how this plant functions.
0: You said something at the beginning of that that I really loved because you said um, that you still had a very colonized mindset uh, in regard to plant medicine. And I think that's so cool for, of you to bring up because it is really it's just it, it, that's exactly what it is that's exactly how to describe like people's perception on the western side towards plant medicine and towards you know these ancient Eastern practices growing up in the dr our history teacher when she would talk about like tainos and like our indigenous people and and their practices a lot of the time she would talk about them drinking a tea and herbal tea and connecting with the spirits and the gods and things like that and it's like looking back you're like well yeah they were getting high and it is this spiritual practice and this medicine this has been growing alongside us and we've been using it as a civilization for hundreds of thousands of years Mm -hmm. like it should be it should be as natural as breathing like really just talking about the effects of this plant but i don't know a few decades of like bad marketing erased all that where it's like it's not even a conversation to be had or it wasn't when i was in school it was just like I don't know, this magical herb that they were finding. But now looking back, you're like, well, what fucking herb is it? It's clearly they were smoking weed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think there's just a lot of stigma around cannabis because of the lack of knowledge. And when we talk about colonization, you know, the stripping Mm -hmm. of the knowledge of things that are actually really good for us, of things Mm -hmm. that... Can benefit us. um, They tend to demonize that, especially Mm -hmm. the ones that can do the best at it because it is completely against the healthcare system. They don't want anything that can cure you, especially not something you can do yourself, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, that
1: you can grow yourself, that you can have easy access to Mm -hmm. um, because then that doesn't make them any money. And that's what I think about when I think about colonized things. And cannabis has been one of those biggest suits, you know, down from all the people that are still incarcerated for something that is now becoming federally legal Mm -hmm. across multiple states. It's actually, I don't know, I feel like it's just very, it's very insulting Mm -hmm. of the United States government. It's like very insulting of intelligence um, to think that we would never come back to the remembrance of this information that Mm -hmm. we would never seek and we would never find, you know? But I do think that, that cannabis is something that people should look at in a more positive light. But like you said, that that's such long marketing Mm -hmm. of criminalization is very hurtful. But I feel like the more we can normalize the whole plant, I feel like the better we can um, show people the healing of it. And that's why I like to have like talks about cannabis juice because there's more to it than just the THC aspect. And a lot of people think of cannabis and they just think of THC and, and people getting high and, being lazy or whatever stigma they have against it but there's so much more to the cannabis plant than that and that's why I feel like cannabis is something that you incorporate in your lifestyle it's one of those types of plants like all plants have something to help us with all plants are useful in some sort to us Um, and cannabis is one of those plants that has many different uses and not just for the THC but you know we have CBD we have CBN we have CBG we have you know I'm saying like there's so hemp we have so many different things that are going into this plant that that can provide so much for us. Mm-hmm. That is why this plant was so important to our ancestors because there's so much flexibility with it. There's so much that we can learn from this plant that we can you know, use for the nourishment of all of us and mm-hmm. the healing as well. Um, and I think that's why it's important to showcase the, the lifestyle aspect of the plant while we still try to decolonize the idea of THC being the only part of the plant
0: you talk about lifestyle i would love to know because you're such a health guru what are your like top plants that you can't live without obviously cannabis is on there that you feel like oh my god everybody should know about these everybody should incorporate these into their lifestyle because it's such a benefit to their overall well-being
1: really this is going to get a little controversial. Oh, shit, it is? Well, I mean, <laughs> not for me, but some people are going to be like, no, I don't think that everyone should do it. But oh, I feel okay. like, so cannabis is is one on the list for sure. Um, and I know we're talking about plants, but I, I consider fungi a plant too. So psilocybin yeah. is going to be my number two on that list. Oregano, I'm always going to say oregano is a really potent plant. I feel mm. like it's like really under underused and under um thought about mm-hmm. but oregano is such a potent and powerful antifungal antibacterial oh. um and especially in such a world that we live in I feel like it's very potent to have that on hand oregano you know making oregano oil um extracting it or you know just buying oil of oregano from the store or even just using fresh oregano yeah. even dried oregano like I feel like that's definitely a plant that should be incorporated into your everyday wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that was such a weird jump. Like cannabis, psilocybin, (laughs) oregano. But oregano is like a powerhouse. Oregano is a powerhouse. Another one, you know what? I'm not going to sleep on it. Ginger. It's so accessible. We just need to grow up. Taste buds need to evolve. We, you know, it's good. I love ginger, but I know some people think it's too spicy or whatever the case mm. may be. But ginger is super, 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 super good for you. And then the next one I'm going to say on the list is a plant. Because the last one that I thought of isn't necessarily a plant. <laughs> what about the sea? Moss? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not necessarily. It's a sea plant. Well, it's a sea moss is what it actually is. <laughs> So I'm going to say sea moss. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a heavy hitter on there for me as well. Um, I don't take it every day anymore. I do take it every um, other day, every couple of days, um, because I do incorporate a lot of plants and vegetables to get a lot of my nutrients in. But I do think that it is a staple. It is a powerhouse to have on hand. Like if you were going to put something together in a kit of things, I think that would definitely be in there for me. Some dry sea moss that I can rehydrate at any time or I can make down into a powder. You know and put it in capsules
0: okay see, so that's how i could have that capsule very familiar format i'm very comfortable with that i don't even know what you would do to the sea moss after you hydrated it like you blend it into a gel and then you eat the gel or you
1: put it in your smoothies or in your tea in soups or stews
0: and what does it taste like
1: it kind of tastes like tasteless applesauce But that's on like if you put it in your smoothies or something, then it'll just taste like your smoothie. And just so I'm fully clear, what are the benefits? It's a moss that grows on the coast, and it grows on top of rocks, and it's suctioned to the rocks as it's growing. So as it's growing and gaining its form. It's soaking up all the minerals and nutrients from the seawater, from the rocks and the minerals. So it literally has all the minerals that are in the same earth that we mm-hmm. come from. So when we ingest that sea moss, what we're doing is we're ingesting about 92 of the 102 vitamins and minerals that our body is made up of. Wow. Um, so it's it's a powerhouse, but it's, it's really good for your joint. It's really good for your respiratory system because it's mucilage. It's a muc I cannot talk because I'm high. That's why. Because it's a mucilage. I can't say it. It's a mucilage. I can't say I it. I can't
0: I say agree. it. That's all really fascinating, and now I'm understanding the importance of it. 92 out of 102 minerals, like, yes, I will, I will easily start to incorporate some more of that. And if I could take it, like you said, like a little, little pill. pill, easy. Okay, so going back to, obviously, our number one planned, Mother Cannabis. I know you were in the military, mm-hmm. the Navy, I believe. Curious as to what that experience was like, and I'm also curious to know if your relationship with cannabis changed stepping outside of that experience, which I just, I don't wanna say traumatic, but like the military to me, just based off of the type of human that I am, sounds like a traumatic experience. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like for someone who isn't great with authority, loves her freedom. So I would only assume such a shift in your day-to-day life, potentially affected how you approach life after the fact and that includes cannabis Mm -hmm. does that make
1: sense yeah so my military experience was very traumatic (laughs) um it was very traumatic i have friends that have had a really good military experience i do think that everyone's experience is very different Mm -hmm. um however my personal experience was not a very good one however i did meet a lot of wonderful people a lot of wonderful friends that are still my friends till this day Mm -hmm. but the structure and the system was not something that was for me and then my direct chain of command was something that was not for me Mm um but I think I went through so many things while I was in the military and I couldn't smoke weed while I was in there. I was in the military for four and a half years. Wow. Yeah, I was in the military for four and a half years and because I couldn't smoke cannabis I started smoking Black and Miles and Newport cigarettes mm. and drinking a lot and just gaining these really bad habits. And not to say that, you know, I should be using cannabis to escape from anything either, but I will definitely say not smoking cannabis and seeing everyone else, like, drink and things like that. At that young age, at 17, when I went to the military, it made me want, like, I felt, like, influenced to do all those things. Um, And, you know, it's an ebb and flow of life and learning how to grow up and be on Mm -hmm. your own. You know, I was coming from a very just traumatic lifestyle as well that wasn't very structured. Mm -hmm. So going into something that was so structured, but then I was expected to be an adult was like, it was very hard for me trying to navigate that. So I wasn't building any positive relationships with any of these other substances that I was using. And getting out of the military, I actually got out of the military because of a drinking habit that I had uh, acquired while Mm -hmm. I was in there because of all of the things that I was dealing with Mm -hmm. and the way that I was choosing to cope with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I got out, I wasn't drinking any longer for uh, quite some time. And I believe I got out and then it was about maybe three three, four months that I was out of the military and then I started smoking cannabis again and our relationship has been great ever since. (laughs) Yeah, I started smoking and honestly, like, I don't, yes like, there's so many benefits and we can really get down into the science of it and all those jazzy things Mm. but like, on a real cool tip, like it really just felt like everything melted off. It was like, Mm. fuck. Like, I felt like an exhale. Like, a really long-needed exhale Um, when I first started back using cannabis and it was a nice feeling too because I had it was something that I had when I was younger but I didn't have the knowledge and awareness that I and the wisdom that I have now so when I started using cannabis again I was very aware of like my cannabis usage and like how I was smoking and things like that and you know wanting to like keep it cute too so like okay I getting a bong and you know doing little things and making sure that my cannabis experience is a good experience because now it wasn't like something that I had to hide, you know, right. because I was old enough and I lived in San Diego at the time. So I was living somewhere where Ooh. I could just go and get cannabis, you know, yeah. very easily. So my relationship with it then began to build and I began to really explore what else it could do. And once I got off the military, I think that was the first time that I started using cannabis in other ways too. Mm. Like I started using cannabis like bombs on my skin and I first got introduced to CBD. Wow, when did I get in- I got introduced to CBD, maybe like 2015, yeah. 16? Yeah. yeah, 2015, 16 is when I first got introduced to CBD. And I was like, yo, I love this. This yeah. is great. And then I was like, this changed the game because then I started understanding how many different aspects of cannabis there were. And then I just fell in love with it even more.
0: It is... and this is why I like having these conversations because everybody's relationship with it is different and, and the outlets and, and what it inspires, whether it's people ingesting cannabis or, or then working with cannabis. And so Not only have you been able to learn more about the medicinal benefits for yourself, but you've been able to learn how to cook with cannabis. And so now you're able to take this knowledge and infuse meals and infuse a craft that you already love to do you're already such an amazing chef without the the weed or the you know the additional thc i mean your vegan tuna fish is something that i still think about to this day and it was like a year ago that i had it so it is really cool to see you elevate uh something that you're passionate about and taking these two things that you're passionate about and making this special the special service can we talk more about that about your relationship with with cooking and and cooking with cannabis
1: absolutely so i realized that once i got back like in the cannabis market you know like i felt like i was you know not on the market and then i got back on the market (laughs) when i got back on the cannabis market i um started to notice like edibles like I knew about edibles before but it was like people trying to make their own edibles like I wasn't really doing edibles when I was younger like that Mm. actually at all I didn't do any edibles (laughs) when I was younger but when I got out of the military I did Um, a couple edibles, and I thought they were okay. I got really, really high, and it was a different high, but I was, like, starting to understand, like, okay, this is giving me, like, a body high, but then it hits me way later, and it should be mad long, and it's just completely different. But I also worked in the lab at that time, so I realized that cannabis was going to my bloodstream, and my job was, like, helping me learn about what is actually happening in my body. What kind of lab? Um, Medical laboratory science. I worked in the the blood bank part of the lab. So you're (laughs) surrounded by blood. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. all the time. But I started learning different things, too, like, because I would do, like, drug tests all the time for them and stuff. So I learned, like, how, you know, the different ways in which cannabis is excreted, how long it takes to get out of your body, you know, and shit shit like that. Just share that. Just tell them, please. Share that information, if you will. Okay, so cannabis is stored in your... Uh, fat cells, it is uh, fat soluble. So that's why it sticks to things like butters and oils and um, things like that, because it is fat soluble. So and that's not to say anything about, you know, how much it's going to take for you to get high. But that is to say something about how long it's going to take for it to come out of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, But the different ways that it can be excreted through your body is by sweat. Is by urine. And those are probably the two main ways yeah. that you can actually excrete. Because if you have a hair test, sorry, fam. Like, it's. <laughs> I guess they have, like, some shampoos and stuff on the market now, oh, but. Shit. I don't know. I'm not trying to be at nobody's job. That's hair testing me. So, <laughs> But yeah, um, and it takes about about 21 to 30 days to get out of your system. And that does depend on like your weight and how much, you know, you're drinking water and yeah. sweating and peeing and all those things. So, yeah, because people like those those drinks that you drink, they work they work in a way of, like they just mask the toxins so it just like bypasses and then you just you know you're just getting mainly the diluted water
0: that's so interesting i feel like it would be 2022 and i would still have thc in my (laughs) system (laughs) i don't know if that would work for me (laughs) um but yes but back to your cooking with cannabis i just i figure we might as well you know get the science while we can
1: but yes cooking with cannabis Yes, yes, absolutely. So I had edibles, but I I never really had a sweet tooth growing up. Like sweets weren't really my thing ever. I don't like cake. You know, cheesecake was my favorite thing, but I don't like cake, cookies, candy, any of that stuff. I just didn't like it growing up. I can't. I'm more of a chip person. I'm more of, like, a savory, like, I can, I snap all day. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but I snap on, like, <laughs> chips and nuts and, like, a savory and salty type of person. Olives, things like that. Like, I could do savory, salty, spicy. But, yeah, so I realized that all of the edibles on the market were more sweets. There was nothing that was, like, savory on the Mm. market at the time. And when you did, like, you get, like, these powdery chips. Like, I don't know if they're putting Keef on them or what the fuck they're doing. I I don't know what's going on. But it's not the wave. And then I was just like, man, I really wish that I could, like, fucking have, like, high spaghetti or some Mm. shit. And then I was like, well, maybe I can. And then, like, I found a recipe online of how to make some canna butter, and so I got some weed, and I made some can of butter, and I didn't think it was going to work at first. So I just made something, like, simple. Yeah. I don't even remember what I made. But then I was high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, it worked. And then that's the first time that I, like, cooked with cannabis, was with cannabis butter. Um, and then eventually I ventured out to oil. And it was just cannabis and oil for a really, really long time. It actually isn't it. only until that I started working at the cafe,
0: Mm -hmm. um,
1: that I actually started dabbling in, like, using, like, tinctures and wax and things like that. To
0: actually cook with?
1: Yeah. Oh. And, like, looking at the different methods, or actually even just exploring, because there's some that didn't really work too well, but, like, exploring the different Mm. methods in which can be used you know for cooking with cannabis so
0: did you work in cannabis before you worked at the cafe and oh if not no she's shaking her head now so how did you end up getting how did you get to the cafe what the (laughs)
1: fuck (laughs) literally one of my friends was like cole the first cannabis cafe is opening in West Hollywood. I was like, bullshit, you're lying. I was like, they're not going to open a place where you can sit and smoke weed and eat food. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, stop. Yeah. And she was like, no, for real, for real, for real. They're hiring. And she was like, bring your resume. And she was like, send them a DM on Instagram and ask them if you can apply. And so I did. I sent. I think I sent a DM to Sarah. or Sarah or someone. Or someone. Yeah. I don't remember which one of them I sent it to. <laughs> but I sent the DM and... They were like, okay, come at this time, blah, blah, blah. And the time I was supposed to go, I was running late. And (laughs) mind you, before this, I was just working full-time as a life coach. And Mm -hmm. um, I was cooking still. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was kind of dabbling in both of those and making ends meet on both of those terms. Mm -hmm. And... So I didn't really need a job for, you know, but I was just like, fuck, if it's the first cannabis cafe, like what? You know, that would be so badass, right? Yeah. And so I went to my, well, I was running late for my interview and it was fucking traffic and then I was trying to park and there was no parking at that time because, you know, it was popping oh, there.
0: Was horrible,
1: yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what, maybe I just shouldn't go. I was like, I just shouldn't go. I'm already late. I just shouldn't go. Oh my gosh, don't go. And then I got there. And they were still meeting with someone else. So I was like, okay, cool. So I sat there. So then I remember I interviewed with Selma and Sean. Yeah. Yeah, I got hired that same same day.
0: They were like, yeah, no experience working at the first cannabis cafe. Yeah, I didn't have You, char- you charmed them.
1: I didn't have experience working in cannabis, like professionally. I had only knew what I knew, but I did have experience in medical. So I feel like that's what really Mm -hmm. sold it for them was that I was the only one that had experience that if anyone passed out or things like that, that I knew what to do. Um, So I think that's what sold them on it. And I only had my own like personal usage of cannabis.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. You were like our, you were our unofficial medic.
1: I really kind of miss it. All the BS that happened, like, I really, I miss the people we work with. Mm -hmm. I miss the the energy we created when we were on the floor together. I miss seeing people's faces, like, coming in and, like, the awe on their face. And I know it kind of got, like, muddled because we all work there, so we were, like, in behind the scenes. But it was always cool when people could remind me, that I'm a part of history, you know, because I would forget. And, like, people would be like, like, yo, like, we're at the first cannabis cafe in the United States. Like, (laughs) you know, because I had been to one in in Amsterdam Mm. before, like, a couple years back. I had been to one in Amsterdam. That was the first time I had been introduced to, like, I'm in public and I'm smoking. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, not just me, but, like, other people I don't know and strangers in here and we are just in this place and, like, we're really smoking together.
0: Not just, like, you happen to be smoking because you don't give a fuck and you're just going to smoke out here and, like, everybody's just going to have to deal with it because we've all done that, too, where it's like, ah, everybody's smoking cigarettes. I can smoke this here. No one's going to say anything. But... What was i gonna say about that the cafe your earring fuck now i'm high well oh what you said as far as like people coming in and reminding us of like how cool it actually was and what we got to be a part of those little moments of because it was so chaotic so those little moments where you could be like yeah this is pretty cool, huh? Like, look around and be like, oh, yeah, this Uh, is kind of dope, and I get to be a part of this. That's true. I have no spoons for desserts, but, like, it's fine. No, it's okay. Um, no,
1: you can't have <laughs> hot chocolate right now. We don't have cups available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'm sorry, we ran out of meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have no more lighters. Um, that was always a doozy. So yeah, so it would be nice to have those those little moments of like, okay, yeah. As as crazy as it is, this is pretty sweet. I am curious to learn a little bit more about your life coaching this career that clearly you've been doing for much longer than I thought at all. Like, I'm just, um, I think I'm so impressed too because you are so young to have had the balls even to be like, yeah, I'm going to step up into this place and this position and offer my outlook on life and, and how to how to help you. I think we spend so much time trying not to think about those things mm-hmm. you know so so it is um yeah how how did that happen
1: I guess I just felt like everyone like I was always the person that people considered gave the best advice mm-hmm. um and I always thought that maybe I would be a therapist but mm-hmm. then I was like I don't really want to go to school to be a therapist and spend all that time and do all that work and so when it really came to me was when I was actually in my lowest moment And I was like, okay, I need to pull myself out of this. And when I started to pull myself out of it, I realized that it's not as hard as I was making it seem. Um, And that I had all of the internal things that I needed to do that. And I was like, I want people to know that, that in their lowest moment, that they have everything inside of them that they need to get out of it. You know, and at the time, I guess it's called life coaching. I don't really like that word, but, Mm. you know, because I can't really coach someone in their life. But I felt like that was my purpose. That's where I find the most purpose, the most use of myself is helping support someone to see the great things about themselves Mm -hmm. um, and to figure out how to work with the shadow parts of themselves. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so I was doing that full time. Um, as well as cooking, but I had just started out cooking before then, so I was doing. I was still doing my life coaching as my main source of income, and then doing my cooking as something that was like on the side. And now it seems like both of them are just full force. <laughs> yes, that's so crazy
0: to me because I, I think it's so crazy to me because I'm envious, frankly, of your bravery to to answer that call and to step up and to be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i i think personally always envision myself like being this like little old lady tarot card reader and sustaining myself through spiritual work and healing practices and things like that like of that nature but was always so intimidated to even like kind of step foot into that space and to do it professionally because there i think are so many expectations in my mind that come with that you know what i mean because like obviously if you're gonna help other people get right you need to get yourself right too and and that's how do i bridge this that's not to say that like you have to be right all the time and in your rights because you're only human and you're not always going to be in your right frame of mind and you have your we were talking about shadow work earlier off mic and like it's it's a dark place to go and again just to have been willing to step up to to answer that call I'm just so impressed by you with that because it was always I just always viewed it as something incredibly intimidating and like no one would take me seriously kind of vibe
1: yeah and i feel like at the very beginning no one took me seriously either but i feel like because that's the energy i was projecting i didn't really take myself seriously i was mm. waiting on someone else to take me seriously before mm. i took me seriously
0: yeah
1: um and then when i started to take... is that your cat underneath the... yeah <laughs> i was like i have no idea what is going on over there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it's a ghost um uh...
0: I'm so sorry I feel like
1: it's all about the value that people see in the life that you're living and the real true life example that you're leading because I'm not the richest person in the world I'm not rich in that way Mm -hmm. so to speak yet okay but Mm -hmm. I'm claiming it okay but I think something that people do see in me is that I keep going no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's more important than what riches you acquire in the world. I mean, if that's your goal, that's your goal. But when we're talking about like life transformational things, we're talking about uh, like your character, building and maintaining mm-hmm. your character, building, maintaining your discipline, building and maintaining your connection to the world, your connection to people, your connection to relationships, your connection to your body. Um, and I feel like when people see seen me they seen the example that i led for them and some part of me reflected them to themselves they seen like oh i can be that too and i feel like because of that i've always been able to have this door open for me just because i've been in my own lane
0: what role would you say cannabis plays in your spiritual practice and just your spirituality as a whole
1: it plays a really big role um from growing to using, to cooking, you mm-hmm. know, to passing on information and education about cannabis. Um, I, it definitely is in my practice now with meditation. I do a lot of smoke therapy mm-hmm. um, where I like to smoke with cannabis before my meditation to help take me deeper into meditation, relax me. I also use cannabis um, before I work out. I smoke Indica's before I work out to help relax my muscles so that way I can mm-hmm. lift heavier. Um, right. Yeah. Um I use cannabis sometimes before I go to sleep if I'm having a hard time sleeping. Mm. Um or if I just want more relaxation to go to sleep because rest is super, super important for us and important for our bodies. Mm. So I'll use cannabis for sleep. Um but I also have like cannabis balms too, like if my body is aching, I'll mm. use like a cannabis body oil or a cannabis balm. So I, I can get it like topically on my skin as well you know I'll use CBD if I need a little bit more relaxation um yeah. CBN if I'm going to sleep you know like I yeah. I really do play around with the full range of you know the cannabis plant these days
0: mm-hmm. it sounds like it's a full mind body soul experience at this point um which i can totally relate to i'm not against pharmaceuticals i just don't ever think to even buy fucking tylenol or aspirin like i never have that shit in my house so and as someone who actually does get migraines because i think i'm just getting older and my hormones are going crazy and trying to like make me as fertile as possible so i can have a baby and at least that's what i googled (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my i was like where
0: did you get the that? that's what i googled i googled essentially like uh, like uh, in your early 30s basically like your levels of estrogen might increase because your biological clock is ticking probably heavy on the mic and so <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> On the mite.
1: mite.
0: (laughs) On the mite, yeah. (laughs) Um, So in my mind, I basically get these migraines due to estrogen. And and, and honestly, though, I do follow it, like, around my menstrual cycle. And, like, it makes sense when it happens. Um, I swear it makes sense. Um,
1: But, yeah. You think
0: it makes sense and then it (laughs) makes sense. Either way, I'm only doing stuff like to heal myself with cannabis and and I'm not saying that's for everyone but I do it is crazy to see how many formats and how many um you know like you said if i if i'm feeling my freaking sciatica i can rub my balm on if i have a migraine maybe i'll smoke a little and then i'll do like a cold compress or something like that or i'll eat an edible because anyone who has migraines they probably experience this too where it's like you have an aura they call it where it's like your eyesight starts to get a little blurry a little fuzzy and it's almost like the before the onset of a migraine i'll feel that and eat like five or 10 milligram edible and the migraine will never come, it'll never show up. So it is, it's amazing to see, yeah, there are so many uses of this plant. For people who are listening, who are experimenting with cooking with cannabis, do you have any tips to make life easier or like anything for dosing that could be helpful to people?
1: Um, I would say a safe dosage is to stay below 10 grams. That's a safe dose for like if you're just beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've never had it before, I would even say five milligrams would be a great Um, place Mm -hmm. to start and then go up to 10 is a good sweet spot if you are a heavy smoker like i've been smoking every single day every single day i would say you can give yourself a little bit of wiggle room like in in the 15s -hmm. and kind of start there and see what that feels like because edibles do hit differently so it'll be a different type of high on your body but 15 would be good for an avid like heavy smoker to start there and trust me, I don't want nobody coming for me because I know there's gonna be people that are like, I, I smoke heavy and I take a hundred milligrams, right. and that's great. <laughs> but you also have learned that that you you can tolerate that. For so sure. we want to make sure that we're not putting people in in positions to where they're gonna have bad trips either. Yeah, you know.
0: That was one thing that I would constantly be saying at the shop was it's all trial and error. Cannabis in general is all trial and error. And then edibles especially are trial and error because it, I mean, it could depend on your metabolism or what you ate that day. What they used to make the edible wasn't made with flour, wasn't made with a concentrate. There are a lot of factors that come into it. So it really is trial and error and starting low and going slow is your best bet to not have a bad trip and not have an uncomfortable experience. Like, what has been your favorite thing to make with cannabis so
1: far? Ooh, my favorite thing to make with cannabis is spaghetti and meatballs, vegan spaghetti and meatballs. Really? But it's my favorite thing to make. Could probably make some infused tuna, actually, now that I think about Ooh. it. Ooh. You've been vegan. Do you ever
0: miss animal products or animal byproducts? No, never. No cheese? No. So the
1: great thing for me, and I know it is a privilege for me, and I know everyone doesn't have this experience, but I grew up in a household where my cousins were lactose intolerant, so I didn't grow up eating, like, milk and cheese and things like that. Oh.
0: Got it so it doesn't feel like someone's trying to take a limb from you if they tell you you can't eat cheese okay that's cool (laughs) even now that must be nice cheese on it (laughs) Um, you've been awesome we're gonna move into the re-up i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions okay Okay, you ready your favorite word for cannabis
1: (laughs) why can't i think of what word (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, why can't I think of a word? Because you, put it. <laughs> I just call it weed. Honestly, I'm not even gonna cap weed. Weed. I tried to be awful. Cool. Weed is what I call it. Honestly, oh them God. tweeds. Yeah. If I'm feeling fancy, you smoking them tweeds.
0: <laughs> oh shit. I love that the tweeds are the fancy that's yeah that's perfect um it's so funny I don't know if you ever watch Billy on the street this is a side note that this has nothing to do with the segment but Billy on the street on Netflix it's this dude who just runs around New York and like runs up to people and like asks them questions and he'll run up to someone and be like name any white woman and like they cannot name a person any white woman like it's like your brain wants you're told like caught off guard like that even though i told you i don't
1: even know what white woman i
0: I would name you're like do i know any white women (laughs) i know it's something about the questions All all right all right dopest smoke session you've had so far
1: oh it was in joshua tree uh two and a half years ago Uh, with my old roommates and they were guys and it was the best smoke session ever we were also microdosing acid but the smoke session was really really it was dope and we all like laughed and like cried deep belly laughed and it was the best best smoke session ever
0: love the deep belly laughs so important in life uh, your favorite music or artist to listen to when you're stoned?
1: I like to listen to lo-fi music when I'm stoned. Okay. Yeah, I like to listen to beats more so when I'm stoned. Mm. And like, or like jazz music, like mm. soulful stuff. But more so nothing with really like words.
0: That's interesting because I do love that. But I feel like when I smoke, I get really into the lyrics. Like I'm hearing shit that I've never heard. Um, Your favorite stoner movie of all time?
1: How High. Uh <laughs> that was so good. How high? Yeah.
0: Mary fuck kill. Flower edible concentrate. <laughs> Her jaw dropped. <laughs>
1: uh, Mary, okay, I'm going to I'm going to marry the flower. You got to marry the flower. I'm going to marry the flower. Um ooh. I'm going to fuck the concentrate and kill the edible, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh concentrate's God. a good time. Crazy, but a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys at the cafe got me more into dabbing and concentrates because I never even think to do that. And we would just be like starting a shift and everybody's just like, all right,
1: like time to dab up. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, yeah, let's do Honestly, it. Let's go. Being at the cafe, I smoked more than I had smoked in my life. Um, <laughs> I was not. I didn't smoke like that before I started working at the cafe. And then at the beginning, I didn't smoke like that. And then it seems like it, towards a while. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. Yeah. It was grab
0: bong hits and, yeah. <laughs> Anything your heart desired. Are
1: you a heavier consumer since working
0: in the cannabis industry, would you say? Um,
1: since working in the cannabis industry, yes. I would say my, my usage now Damn, I would I would say it's not that much. But now thinking about it, like lifestyle things, if I think about the whole cannabis, my usage is really high. (laughs) Um, But not just like in the form of smoking, Mm. but like also like ingesting cannabis or like CBD bombs or, you know, other types of things as well.
0: Just out of curiosity, what's a dish that you're, like, dying to infuse that you just maybe haven't figured it out or haven't gotten to it yet, but, like, that's, like, on your list?
1: A dish I'm dying to infuse? Cheesecake. Yum. Yeah. Yes. Cheesecake. And I think I can do it. I know you can, cause it, it's it. fat soluble, you know. Um, so I feel like it'll really, really mm-hmm. stick to that.
0: I would assume in that case, infuse the butter and either use the butter in the crust, right?
1: Vegan things are a little bit different, yeah, cause I'm not using cream or cheese or. I would probably use tax. So it's not a cheesecake that you're (laughs) (laughs) confusing. not not an
0: actual, a vegan cheesecake, but. Is it harder than, well, I guess you have the oils, but yeah, is it then harder to work with cannabis because you're eliminating the butter
1: aspect? Um, No, because we have butter alternatives. It's just seeing how that's going to actually taste together Mm. more so and seeing if the taste is not, like, going to be overpowering. It's really more so like a flavoring and texture thing.
0: Are you living vicariously through your eaters? Yeah.
1: I like to watch them eat the food and yeah. see it. It's always a sound effects for me though. I love that. I love a good mmm. Like that warms <laughs> my heart. Like I can yeah. feel the vibration of that mmm all the way in my soul. <laughs> now it's time for you to call your plug, which is
0: the moment where you can plug yourself or anything that you're working on, where
1: people can follow you, what you want them to no, get out these services truly appreciate that you can follow me on instagram and at i am chef cole e y e a m c h e f c o l e and it's i am chef cole that's the same thing on twitter if you want to see what i be tweeting about um as well you can contact me by messaging me on um instagram or my email which is also on instagram I do I do private dinners and private dining um, only at the moment, and I do uh, cooking lessons. I also do tarot therapy. I do personal one on one meditation and yoga. Um, what else? And I do life coaching, which is like wellness coaching. Yes.
0: <laughs> and. I don't know if you're still doing this, if not, I'll totally cut it out, but you were doing these beautiful morning meditations on Clubhouse, if I'm you're not mistaken. That. You're still doing that? Yeah, let's tell the people.
1: Yes, every rising, I do morning red, uh, meditations on um, Tuesday to Friday at 5.55 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Clubhouse.
0: Wow.
1: Yes. Same
0: way to find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Clubhouse just at Chef Cole.
0: 5.55, you're leading a meditation. So what time are you actually getting up every day?
1: I get up around 4.45, thirty, four forty-five.
0: And just out of curiosity, and what time are you asleep
1: by? I usually go to sleep pretty early, like around 9.30. Okay. 9.30. <laughs> yeah, like nine I'm like, oh, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Okay, I would assume, yeah. Cause... I mean, I have, like, my, my mo- like periods, like, my seasons where I'm, like, heavy, heavy, work, 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 yeah. you know? But lately, my I've been in a season of rest, and I've been in a season of honoring, you know, being an early riser. I really, like, enjoy getting up early. Yes.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing. At the end of the day, you just have to do you, whatever makes you happy. Everybody's different, and you have to follow your own rhythm. Is there anything you want to end with for the listeners?
1: you know get high every day you know i'm just kidding <laughs> oh, i love that though All right, i was gonna say smoke weed every day <laughs> but no honestly truly i think there's so much information out there to be learned about cannabis. So please don't just stop your education at THC. Mm. Learn about the rest of the plant. Experiment with the plant. If you have an opportunity, get some clones. If you have an opportunity, get some seeds and try it out. Mm. Maybe you won't get a female plant, maybe you will, you know, but try it out and learn about the plant because there's even benefits that you can get from a male plant. Maybe it won't it won't flower, but you still have the leaves that you can work with and things like that and learning the life cycle of the plant. So The link thing I would leave with is just, you know, don't be afraid to have more education, to Mm. learn more about it. Don't just settle for what you've heard.
0: Never, never settle for what you heard. Do your research. Education is what is it? Knowledge is power. Yes. Knowledge is power, y'all. Knowledge is power. Yeah. (laughs) Peace. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Budtender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my
1: babies.